god, I love. Oh, you've never seen. Oh, I fucking love that. Wait, song. is that the. Oh, baby, what is you doing? Yes! Yeah. God, I love it. Oh my god, let's intro with Bob. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> my cat, Bobby. Let's intro with his purrs. Because he's so loud. That's true. Right on the mic. <laughs> that was avocado. Nope. <laughs> avocado. Uh, yes, avocado. Um, welcome <laughs> to <laughs> avocado toast. That that was Bobby. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was Bulby. <laughs> God damn it! Nicole, have you ever met my cat? <laughs> Several times. <laughs> God, I was so fixated on, like, don't call him Bobby. It's not right. <laughs> okay. I'm Nicole. Yeah, I'm Jesse. Um, welcome to episode nine. Yeah, it is episode eight. Nice. Do we have any, um, special? Yes. So I do want to make an announcement here at the beginning of the episode saying that if you would like to donate, like, one time, not, like, a subscription like our Patreon is... Um, if you want to donate to us for, like, a one-time donation rather than a subscription, um, you can contact us and we will give you our Venmo account. Um, we are probably going to create one for Avocado Toast. We just haven't done it yet. Um, and for each dollar that you donate between, um, when this goes up, up until the 15th episode, um, we will take any suggestions that you have for um episodes yeah and um i mean really you can do this is gonna sound bad okay um for each dollar that you donate um we will do an episode off of uh one of the topics that you suggest yeah you can also ask us questions or whatever yeah i mean yeah because we've never had questions to like do an episode off of yet so right um, and the email to contact us at is avocadotoast97 at gmail.com. Yes. Because someone already took the freaking... Avocado toast. It took every iteration of it. Also, um, our Twitter I usually put in the description, which is... I did not know that we had a Twitter. Yeah, I made us a Twitter. I'm the only person on it. Nice. <laughs> I'm the only person who follows us, so if you want to follow that, that would be great. Um, and that is at avocadotoast underscore... Because many other avocado toasts were taken on Twitter as well. That's that's more understandable. I just can't believe someone took a Gmail account. I know. So do we have in the news? I do. Sweet. I was thinking about opening up the Google Docs, but I couldn't remember what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, while you do that, I can start off with my bit of news that I saw yes. today. Um, I saw that Betsy DeVos is being sued by 19 attorney generals. Um, for, uh, her freeze on the Obama administration, um, policy or rule that, um, okay, well, she's being sued because this, this pol- the Obama era policy, um, was really, really important in protecting, um, like, student loan borrowers, so, like, the people that actually take out the loans, um, what it did was, if your school um, goes bankrupt or closes or whatever, um, and, you know, has a lot of, like, fraudulent charges against it, and you wind up with a lot of debt and no degree, 
um, then you are basically, like, if I remember correctly, you're basically, like, free of charge, kind of. Like, your, your loans will be, um, forgiven. Um, so your student loan debts will be forgiven, I think. Um, but, so DeVos wants to put a freeze on that, so if you, and, and it's mainly to benefit for-profit colleges, um, and, I mean, I know we haven't done our college episode yet, and we keep promising that we will. Wait, when did we promise that? Oh, I just always talk about it, like, the tuition, especially. Oh, yeah. And I I was gonna talk about DeVos's connections, um, to student loan debt collector mm-hmm. company things yeah, and yeah, her yeah. connection to for-profit colleges but like basically all you really need to know at this point is that just devos has some deep ties to these agencies and it would benefit her immensely um if she froze this policy which she did mm-hmm. or at, at the very least i think she's trying to um and so yeah she's being sued by 19 different states essentially good because she's the worst yep um okay so the first bit of news that i have is that this past week, North Korea sent a missile launch to Alaska, which shows that they have technology far more advanced than we had previously thought that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means that they could potentially attack um, New York and other cities um, because the way that the like path goes is it goes from North Korea up kind of over the pole. So if you're doing that trajectory, getting... Um, to New York is not that much farther than getting to Alaska. Mm. So, yeah. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and South Korea then launched um, a missile that would potentially be able to take down the other missile that had been launched. Oh, cool. But mm, it's not where it needs to be in mm. order to protect us. So... Um. Did the North Korean missile actually, like, hit Alaska? No, no, no. It was a test. Um, like, a tester. But, like, did it land mm- in Alaska? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, I'm just curious as to how, like, they can determine whether or not it made it to Alaska unless something legitimately fell on our I think something land. might have. I don't know. Because I feel like in that case, that might be grounds for, like, some real serious talk about attacking... The nation or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was either that or, like, maybe it landed in the water near Alaska. I That's probably what it was. Yeah, I, I don't like... have an article about this because I am just sort of repeating what my dad told me from what he read. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it's... Love that word of mouth. Oh, yeah. But, like, I did see, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. other things about it. I just didn't bother to read them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also now, nearly 40 states are refusing to cooperate with Trump's voter fraud investigation hell yeah wait is that good or bad no that's bad oh i thought it was an investigation against trump never mind no i the way that it was worded i thought it was like well hold on let me click on it then (laughs) let's make sure we know what we're talking about yeah okay more than 40 states are refusing to fully cooperate with president trump's efforts to investigate alleged voter fraud Okay, so that's good. So it's, okay, so it is Trump. Um, I think it has to do with um, the fact that he said that a bunch of illegal immigrants had voted for Hillary, and that's why he lost the popular vote. Yeah. Um, which is, that's not accurate at all. Nope. Um, so, it also, like, completely disregards the fact that, like, 
um, minorities are, like, targeted when it comes to voting. Yeah. Um, in order to, like, not let them vote. Exactly. Yeah, because, like, minority voters are, it's similar to, like, you know how there's, like, amendments to the Constitution about, um, how you can't be, like, charged a fine in order to vote? Right. Um, stuff like that is still sort of going on. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, like, fines. It's not explicit, but, Mm -hmm. um, the way that voting is set up is, uh, it's intentional. Like, it's, it's no... Uh, coincidence that minority uh, people are targeted in the sense that, like, I mean, look at the makeup of the U.S. and how many uh, minority people are working very blue-collar jobs, um, you know, almost every day uh, during the week and doing, pushing, like, 60 hours each week. Yeah. Um, And you're technically supposed to have off- on voting days, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that doesn't account for immigrants working blue-collar jobs, and you're supposed to have off uh, on voting days, but that doesn't account for, you know, where your polling places are and for how long they open for. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the very strict, ridiculous ID laws, because um, not everyone can get access to a driver's license. Yeah. Not everyone can... Um, get access, like, a lot of really privileged people, when they hear things like, you need at least two forms of government-issued ID, Mm -hmm. they'll think that's so easy. Anyone who can't get those things is just, you know, lazy or illegal immigrants or whatever. But it's, like, really hard. Like, even a passport costs, like, $150. Very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. Getting your license, very, very expensive, especially when you don't have that kind of cash to, uh spend on something that's very technically speaking not necessary yeah um which actually i recently found out that in pittsburgh and by that i mean in pennsylvania mm -hmm. um in pennsylvania they do driving lessons through school still um i'm so jealous yeah and you don't like you're not legally required to like pay a driving school to get your license like you are in Maryland because like we have to do in cars we have to do a driving program and those are all pay programs yeah and they're very expensive Mm -hmm. like very expensive yeah um so yeah it's just like when it comes to voter fraud um it's always the minority people getting attacked and it's almost it's never them it's yeah literally I can think back to all of the news reports that came out um, within the first month or two after the election results um, came out of the amount of white people in southern states that were committing massive amounts of voter fraud. I don't even understand how voter fraud, like, can happen anymore. So, it, I mean, it, t- there's a lot of different factors that can happen. You can vote, like, you can go in with, like, one ID and then come back with a different ID um, what the fuck? Because the thing is, is that in certain uh, states, they have more lax um, ID restrictions and stuff when it comes to voting. Um, but also, I mean, if you come in looking white, you're far less likely to get flagged yeah. than if you are anyone of color. Um, there was that. Um, there was people... Oh, I'm trying to remember... 
something about, like, the people in charge of, like, controlling the actual voting stations Mm -hmm. were, like, complicit in some of these voter fraud things where they were just, like, um, letting, like, large, massive amounts of groups come into the thing to vote. So, like, there was not as strict, um, ID checking necessarily. Um, there's just, like, a lot of, a lot of reports that I remember seeing about specifically white people in southern states, um, voting for Trump, uh, who committed voter fraud, and I did not see any reports. I mean, this might just be, like, me not having, um, as many outlets, I guess, to see this news, but, like, I really genuinely cannot remember any reports of anyone of color committing voter fraud. I'm sure there's, I'm sure that there's accounts, but overwhelmingly what I saw was coming from white people. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next piece of news is that um, Sally Hemings' residence was uncovered at Monticello. So do you want to say who Sally Hemings is? Because I don't know who that is. Oh, oh, you don't know who that is? Okay, um, Sally Hemings was uh, a slave that was owned by Thomas Jefferson, okay. who was frequently referred to as his mistress. So she was raped. She was raped, yeah. yes. Um, when he first started raping her, she was underage, um, and she bore many, many of his children. Um, she So what they uncovered was um, there was a bathroom next to where Jefferson's sleeping quarters were mm-hmm. that had been turned into a bathroom in, like, the 60s, I think. Or maybe it was the 40s. It was somewhere between the 40s and the 50s. Mm -hmm. The 40s and the 60s. (laughs) Um, And uh, some, like, historians and people, I don't remember what their professions were, they um, took some, like, descriptions of um, the house that were written a long, long time ago, and they went back into sort of where they figured her... um, living quarters might have been, Mm -hmm. and they found, like, remnants of uh, an old fireplace Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of evidence that that was where she had lived. Nice. Um, Which is, like, really cool, um, even though, you know, it was a windowless room right next to her rapist, you know, which is, like, really awful. But it is going to be restored, um, which, you know, helps, you know, continue on her memory and, Mm -hmm. like, her story is just as important as Jefferson's because... Jefferson's is barely important to me, to be quite honest. I know, <gasps> I know. But, I mean... Because her story is also the story of, like, many, many other, like... Yeah. Slaves throughout the whole country, you know? hmm So... But, um... And also, she's, she's pretty well-known because of who she was connected to. Mm-hmm. So, it's really cool that they're gonna be... Restoring that. Mm -hmm. Um, D.C. passed legislation giving minority people preference when establishing medical marijuana businesses. Good. Which is great because... They're the ones largely targeted. Exactly. Um, Like you and I were discussing in the car, Jay-Z released a new album confirming that he had cheated on Beyonce. Um, And I'll link down below this really interesting post that sort of like detailed the um, emotional abuse and years of cheating that went on in the relationship um, and are probably still going on. Yeah. Um, From, like, early 2000s through 2017. Yeah. Um, But I read it to Nicole, but it's really long, so I'm not going to read it on the podcast. Yeah. But basically, Jay-Z's a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, he's horrible. Um, 
And then the last piece of news I have is that um, Trump supporters went crazy after NPR tweeted the Declaration oh, of Independence. Oh my god. When I heard this, I mean, I wasn't shocked because that's exactly what I would expect from Trump supporters. It's so funny. But it's hilarious. I think if I remember correctly, they were talking about, like, NPR's inciting violence. That is what one of the tweets says. Like, I want to read my favorite, though. Go for it, please. So, like, this one is, it's not really as bad as the other ones, but I do think it was the funniest. So, NPR tweeted, they too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. So, like, that's a very long word that hasn't ever been used to my ears in the year 20... 17 yeah from 1997 to 2017 i've never heard it um and this one trump supporter um replied to this tweet and says are you drunk your silly tweets make your state of mind questionable i'm yelling like they (laughs) they tweeted at a radio station basically yep i mean people tweet at radio stations I know, but I just think it's so funny, like, asking a radio station if they're drunk. I know. Like, the whole station. <laughs> this isn't even, like, are your reporters drunk? It's like, no. The whole station is drunk. National Public Radio. Are you yourself drunk? drunk? Your tweets make... What a, What was it? Your tweets make... I don't know. Your state of mind questionable. Oh, God. Yeah. I can't handle anything, really. Um, <sighs> that's just, like, I really want to quickly talk about the, I'm trying to find the right word, almost offensive hypocrisy that thrives within, uh, we'll just say, like, conservatives in general. Um, But, I mean, I'll specifically call out Trump supporters of of this ilk, ilk, whatever, um, where you're so deeply obsessed with patriotism mm-hmm. and making America great again and taking it back from America's, who? It's know. fine. It's it's but, okay. Well, that's not even my point. I know. My point is that they're so obsessed with patriotism and this country and the founding of it and be proud to be an American and you don't even know the basics yeah. about it. You have no knowledge of the basic documents that yep. founded this country. And, like, I mean, I personally have issues with uh, us still ascribing to these documents in the year 2017, even yeah. though they were drafted over 100 years ago. But 200, over 200. Well, yeah, I mean, 200 is, in fact, over 100. I was just going to say. But, like, you... They're just... I don't know. I can't, I can't handle the fact that they're preaching so much about wanting, like, to be, like you have to be, like, an authentic American, and you just, you don't know anything. Like, you literally don't know even mm-hmm. one thing about this country. Like, Declaration of Independence, we literally learn the Pledge of Allegiance in kindergarten before we even know what allegiance or pledges are. Yeah. Um, we learn that, and yet you don't know the basic document. I'm... Ugh, I really from can't. anger. Yeah, I'm busting a rage nut right now because yeah. I can't comprehend how someone can be that like contradictory and not just implode. Like, I don't know. It shouldn't be physically possible. I don't know. I mean, their whole world is just like the propaganda of Fox News. Yeah, that's true. And because it's not a news network, and just like it's not. 
all of that nonsense that, like, they just feed these people that have no other outlets to, like, any discussion of the world around them that can appear Mm -hmm. somewhat intelligent, you know? And the other issue, too, is that other major news outlets that they could get some of their information from are starting to, like, become shitty. Like, CNN used to be a respect- It used to be good. used to be a respectable news source. It's not anymore. And Mm -hmm. that's- And that's- I mean, this is coming from two liberals, and CNN is pretty liberally swaying. Yeah. But they just are dumb. I don't know. The- They'll- the way that CNN is, like, organized and structured is also very contradictory within itself. They have a lot yeah. of... They, like, try to put on this facade of nonpartisanship, but it's... what And, like, the way that they try to combat seeming so obviously liberal is by, like, having Kellyanne Conway on there every goddamn week spouting some bullshit and having, yeah. like pro-Trump people speaking on it and, like, letting them voice their opinion or whatever, which is fine, whatever. But that's so neoliberal of them, and it's not okay. Yeah, and, like, just the other thing is that it just... CNN, just get it together. I can't. They're... Fox News and CNN are not reputable news sources, and that's... The problem is that they're, like, the two biggest news sources. Yep. So you have liberals getting weird, shoddy news, and you have Fox followers just literally not getting any actual news news whatsoever it's all an issue yep so you know that's sort of where the news ends and now we're gonna go into our topic for this week Mm -hmm. which is medication um specifically this is me wanting to fight all millennials yeah (laughs) because um there is this trend um among millennials um to think medication is bad for you. Specifically, like, mental illness medication. Yes. But, like, also, we don't have to do... We don't have to discuss vaccines in this episode. But it does, like, extend into vaccines. Exactly. And, um... I mean, other like medications physical, yeah. as well. I mean, because we're going to be talking about, um... Uh... Psychiatric medication, mm-hmm. but this also... I'll probably talk about this. This also, um includes uh birth control medications Mm -hmm. i've seen those two sort of attacked the most not like an attack but it's it's like like a shun yeah to medication um there's a really big stigma against uh taking medication for your illness which is bizarre to me because Mm -hmm. um gen x isn't baby boomers right uh gen x is like uh 80s basically. So, wait. It's not baby boomers. Baby baby boomers is 50s. Wait, but what is our parents, my parents' generation? What year were they born? Uh, 69. They're probably Gen X. Really? Mm. We did a whole episode on this, we should know. I know. Um, okay. Um, generations. Okay, generation X typically start birth years ranging from early to mid-1960s and ending um, from the late 1970s to early 80s. Okay. So Gen X. Yeah. So my parents are Gen X, and they're very much, like, pro-medication, but also very anti-therapy, which is interesting. And, like, I don't know what your parents' 
are like, but, um... I've never asked them, and I don't care to, because well, I don't want to know the answer. Well, I just meant, like, I mean, if you... I mean, because you don't have any, like, medical situations. So, like, my whole life has been my parents being like, you have a problem, we're gonna take you to a doctor now, and they're gonna give you medication, and you're gonna take it, and not pretend that you don't trust the doctor and the medication, and then pretend to, you know, still be taking it even when you're not, like right, I used to right. when I was younger. <laughs> um, uh... Which, don't do that, guys. Take your yeah, medication, please. Yeah, especially if you've already started taking it. If you suddenly stop taking it, um, it, can it can be really bad for you, depending on the medication. Um, uh, but sort of the difference that I see uh, generationally between this is that, like, our generation, Centennials, um, doesn't really have an issue with medication, is happy to be on it, is happy to take it. But I think that's because most of our generation is so young mm -hmm. that, like, they, you know, they know that they've been put on medication, so they're just going to take it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, millennials are, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's very weird to me. Well, should we just talk about millennials and then we can talk about why it's weird? Though? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So... Um, several millennials that we know personally, and, like, many, many millennials that you will see on TV or on YouTube, especially on YouTube. Or even just in general, if you're on Tumblr, you've probably had people like or this. Or on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Twitter. Did we already say Twitter? Oh, no, we didn't talk about Twitter. Twitter's a huge place where this always happens, these kinds of messages you can go on. Yeah. Um, and so, like, this is, like, every single part of the millennial age group I have noticed this from. Um, my best friend, her sister is, um, how old is she? I don't know. She must, she's almost 30, but she's got like three kids, which, you know, mentally ages her like a billion years. Right. Um, and like also people that we know that are only a few years older than us are pretty much like anti-medication. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, last summer, um, was when I first started watching YouTube after, you know, 2010, <laughs> you know, after the, like, the Charlie videos ended. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this is a call out for Hannah Witten and Lucy Moon and, um, who else? There's this, like, clump of YouTubers that are all very good friends and they all live in the UK. And last year... They all went off birth control at the same time, and I've been watching their journey of being not on birth control. Um, one of them did it because she had been on birth control for many, many years, um, and she hadn't gotten her period in, like, seven years because of the type of medication she was on, and she was worried about that, what that would do to her body, and she wanted to see if what would happen, how her body would handle it if she stopped taking it, um, and instead engaged in different, um, types of contraception, which is fine, because also she has, um, uh, an issue that makes it hard for her to be on other kinds of birth control. Mm -hmm. Um, so, like, I understand, like, if you're worried about it messing with your systems after being on it for, you know, your entire adolescence. Right. Um, but that influence that she has on her friends caused one of them to, go off medication, um, just, you know, just 
Well, it was all, they're all on birth control. Most of them are not on any other kinds of medication. Oh, okay. Um, from what I know from seeing their YouTube videos. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know everything about their lives. Um, one of them just, you know, went off of birth control without consulting a doctor. Um, another one went off of birth control and has just been having, like, horrific mood swings all year. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, every time it's her period, like, she can't function. Ugh. And, I mean, we can talk about why that's weird. I mean, because that's, like, that's the small subset before we get into, like, psychiatric medication, which is a much deeper thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's weird to me about this is that, like, gynecologists don't exist to just, like, give you birth control. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, if you ask to go on birth control, it's because you need the contraceptive, um, or you think it's going to benefit you in some other way, like pain mediation, Mm -hmm. which is super important. Right. Um, or, you know, if you have a condition. Yeah. Yeah. Like that birth control can legitimately help. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even going to get into that yet because like, I was also thinking about acne. Yeah. It has been proven to be very helpful with acne most of the time. Um, and then if you have issues like I do, which is, um, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, Mm -hmm. which means that I, um, without medication, I would not get my period consistently. Um, I would not really have much control over my weight, um, my testosterone or androgen levels. Um, and that is not necessarily like healthy if you can't like control them. That can lead to pretty bad obesity and diabetes. Right. Um, uh, I mean, and it's really surprisingly common. Um, but I mean, obviously everyone has varying degrees of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I've been on birth control since I was 15 mm-hmm. because my mom, a Gen Xer was like, there's something wrong with you cause you're not getting your period consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, I mean like I got it once then I didn't get it for five or six months. Mm-hmm. I got it again. And then I didn't get it for an entire year. I remember that. Yeah. So, like, that's that's a level of concern that you should have. If you're missing it, like, one month here, two months there, and you're still, like, 14, 15, 16, like, that's pretty normal. But, like, when you're missing it for half a year and then a whole year, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, that's all... I mean, I, I will say it depends on when you started your period. Yes, that is like, very true. I think I got my period for the first time when I was, like, 11 or something. Yeah, I yeah. was pretty young. I mean, surprisingly now, that's, like, the pretty typical age. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that probably has to do with, like, other environmental Milk. factors. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but just in general, like, you can gauge, like, your level of concern based off of, like, when you started your period. Because, like, yeah. if you're literally, like, 11 to the age of maybe 13 or 14, like, your body is not going to be regulated oh, at yeah. all. Oh, yeah. No, no. 15 and 16, it should start petering Yeah, out. it should be much more regular at 15, 16 if you've been getting it since you were 11. Exactly. If yeah. you only started at, like, 13, honey, you're fine. Yeah, it's a matter of, like, how long your body has been used to doing this exactly. to you. Exactly. Um, also, like, if you have friends who got their period around the same time, um and theirs are much more consistent than yours, then it might be worth going to a doctor and seeing, like, is your doctor worried about you? But yeah, so, like... Yeah, your doctor's not gonna be that concerned, um, just by, like, you coming in and being like, I haven't gotten my period in three months. Right. They're gonna be more concerned after you've had blood tests and things like, um, when I was first getting diagnosed, I also had an ultrasound. Right. Um, and also, like, what you should do, I went to two or three different doctors, um, 
who all were like, yeah, you have sort of low-level PCOS before being like, okay, now what do I do to treat this? Yeah. Um, and also, when you have, like, a disorder like that, that's like a syndrome, mm-hmm. um, it, the way that you treat it tends to deal with um, the symptoms rather than what the tests can reveal. Exactly. Um, but it just, like, is very frustrating to me to see so many people with a lot of influence over young women be like, I don't think that I should be on this thing that can be very, very helpful mm-hmm. um, because sometimes, depending on what, like, your conditions are, like mine, um, being on birth control can reduce your risk of cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Um, clearly, it reduces your risk of getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, like, are all up in arms about, like, having a higher risk of, like, blood clots, but, like, that depends on, like, predisposition, genetics, Mm -hmm. like, all this stuff that you will not know because you're probably not a doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, You should get tests, talk to several doctors, see what their concern is, and, like, you got to do, like, a cost-benefit analysis, like, with everything that you do, especially with medication. Yeah. You know? Because, like, if it's really not going to hurt you at all to go on birth control. Like, don't not go on it if you think that you should go on it. Right. Um, And also there's, like, other forms of birth control. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people I know who are millennials um, are, like, anti-hormonal birth control, which is weird to me. Which, by the way, that's any form of birth control that, like, not exactly floods your system. That's not the right word. But, like... Flows through it? Yeah. it, it, It adds hormones back into your body, usually estrogen. Yeah. Um, instead of versus other non-hormonal like a condom where that's not gonna pump mm-hmm. your body full of estrogen. That's just gonna be a barrier. Yeah. I also think there are forms of the IUD that are not hormonal. Mm, really? Um yeah, from what I know, based off of some of my friends who are on it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um Yeah. Uh, but um even more than that, most of them are they have issues with the pill specifically and not issues with the patch or um the one that goes in your arm or any form of iud Mm -hmm. um and some of them even do this thing called natural cycles which i think this is some hippy dippy bullshit but i know it actually works (laughs) is that where they track their ovulation cycle and then decide to have sex um yeah specific okay yeah they do it with um they do it they (laughs) use a thermometer um and they check their temperature every single day at the same time, um, but you can't do it if you've been sick or if you were drunk the night before because it changes your temperature, mm-hmm. so it'll make it m- inaccurate. Interesting. Um, and, like, I mean, I don't know how much it works, but, I mean, I'm going to use Amy's sister as an example again, but, like, Amy's whole family has no fertility issues. Like, my family is riddled with that shit. Mm-hmm. Her family, like, s- some of them have gotten pregnant while being on a form of birth control. Whoa. And this is the only one that has, like, made it so that she, like, has not needed to be on a form of birth control, and it has consistently worked. Interesting. Like, I'm shaken that it works. Um, And also, she doesn't have, like, hormonal issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, you, you feel what I, where my aggression is coming from, like, my frustration. Yeah. If you have power over people and you're basically discouraging them from an avenue 
of medication that could potentially really, really help them, then that's not okay. The stigma surrounding, we'll just talk about birth control specifically, I guess, for this part. Yeah, yeah. The stigma surrounding birth control um, is especially shocking to me when it comes to the millennial generation, considering they were kind of the burgeoning progressive generation, I would say. Yeah. Um, I, I wish that I could really parse where... It came this from. came, the stigma came from when it came, comes to them, but I can't really lay my finger on it. Um, I mean, coming from someone who is not on any kind of birth control, I, I, I did briefly try, I don't know if I told you guys, I did. Oh, I remember you went, you tried to go to Planned Parenthood to get it. No, that's not true. Oh, just kidding. No, I remember I, getting texts, like, related to it. Well, yeah, because, like, what, well, my school has a health center. Yes. And so I went to the health center, and I got a prescription for birth control, and I tried it, Kind of for like half a month because Nicole, I'm the thing is that I gotta be on it for a few months. No, I know, I know. The problem was that I'm really, really bad at pill taking, like regular. Yeah, that's why Liana went and got the arm insert. Mm -hmm. Um, but she had like sort of a nightmare, like wonky experience that I've never heard about with it. So now she's getting an IUD. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I was on it for half a month and then I had to stop because I was just so consistent in missing. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I'm just not on any form of birth control right now um but like i stigma against like it's really weird hearing stigma against birth control when it comes from like a young people from young people and also just from like a hormonal perspective instead of a oh you're a whore you want the more sex weird which because like we've all heard uh arguments against birth control oh you just you take more pills so you can have more sex that's not how it works buddy but like we're used to that this is like very new to me to hear that people are against it i've heard it from so many people it's weird because um i mean millennials fully understand that you can be on birth control and not have it be um for having sex Mm -hmm. um but i don't understand where, like, this, like, unwillingness to, like, take a pill is, like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can, I would understand someone's hesitance toward taking it if, or not even hesitance, but, like, I would, I could understand someone snubbing it because you don't agree with, like, the history of the pill, which, like. Oh, yeah. Is very riddled with racist, uh, things, like, Margaret Sanger, she's the one that, uh. She's not the inventor of it, but Margaret Sanger has seen it. She's the founder of Planned Parenthood, and she was um, a huge advocate for, like, the first, uh, create the creation of the first birth control pill, but she was also a eugenicist, which is very, very bad. Yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, there's no denying, there's also no denying, like, all the help that it's really given women who willingly take it. Yeah. So, like, it's a very complex history, and we can understand snubbing it for that reason, um, yeah, but, but for medical purposes, like legitimate med, not, and when I say legitimate medical purposes, I mean not snubbing it cause you think that someone's a slut, but s- snubbing it for like the effects that it has on your own personal body. It's just, we, we really, I can't understand it. It's really bizarre. And like, I mean, okay. So another like friend example is, mm-hmm. I mean, Amy, I'm not doing this to throw you under the bus. Um, but Amy tried one birth control pill, and it made her very sick. Oh, no. Yeah. 
Um, so then she just sort of figured, like, she would be better off not being on it. Like, I totally understand if your first, like, experience with birth control is, like, so, like, bad. Like, she's told me, like, how uncomfortable and, like, she was, she did not feel well the whole time she was on it. Mm. Um, like, if you have, like, a horrific experience with your first birth control and, like, your doctor isn't, like, oh, yeah, like, I don't, like, I think that's a fluke. Like, I don't think it would happen to you if you tried a different brand. Mm -hmm. Um... Like, if that's your first experience, like, I totally understand not wanting to be on, um, a hormonal, um... Birth control. Birth control, right. yeah. Um, um, but the thing with medication is that, like... It's supposed to change your body. But they're also not all the same. Um, and my doctor has lied to me. Um, I wonder why his name is... I'm not gonna say it, but anyway, I want to because it's so funny. His name is Dr. Dickman. Oh, um, yeah. I do love him. He, um, delivered my brother. Um, he's very nice. But, um, he likes to, you know, dick me around <laughs> and say, oh, they're all essentially the same. That's just not true. Mm-mm. That's not true. Um, because my mom had been on Yaz in college and her skin was perfect. Mm. And then, um, the doctor was like, yeah, a lot of people are going off of this because there was sort of this whole scandal with right. it, um, causing more blood clots than other brands. Yeah. Um, so she was like, okay, I will go off of it and try, go on to a different pill, yeah. not just, like, stop taking it entirely, like, right. just, you know, be on, and, like, go on a different brand of pill. Um, and her skin started breaking out and she was having way, way worse, um, uh, cramps. uh, cramps and, like, period issues, um, and for me, I've been on two, maybe three different kinds of pills at this point, um, and they've all been different, mm-hmm. um, cause I, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking, um, one of mine gave me, like, really, really horrific, um, migraines, uh, oh. like, hormonal migraines, um, which runs in my family, we all have the same symptoms mm-hmm. for our hormonal migraines. Um, but then when I switched to my current one that I'm on, which I started taking, cause it's supposed to be better for, um, mood modulation, mm-hmm. um, cause I have bipolar disorder. Um, and that one, my skin cleared up a little bit. My, um, my weight changed a little bit, like it, um, stopped fluctuating as much as it had been, which was nice cause it was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my PMS moods got were different. Mm-hmm. And also my um, headaches decreased. Nice. You know, like, I mean, they didn't go away completely until I got an additional hormone treatment. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, they each do different things. Yeah. Um, and, like, especially, like, IUDs, you, like, won't bleed. Um, some people, like, get, it gets rid of their acne. Like, it just depends. Like, First of all, it affects every individual person individually, so don't take someone else's experience for gospel. Um, And then also, like, just because one pill does something to you doesn't mean that all pills will. Right. Which then also sort of leads me into um, psychiatric medication. Which is the probably the most well-known kind of stigma (sighs) when it comes to medication. Yeah, because I, I... The reason I wanted to use that as a transition is because I've also been on several different forms of, um, psychi- psychiatric, psychological medication, I guess. Um, yes. So, we know how there's a stigma against going to therapy. 
Right. Um, it exists in Gen X. It exists with millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot less with Gen Z because yeah. we've watched people from generations before us end up needing to go to therapy. Yeah. And then also... When it gets to, like, a desperate point. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people in our generation were either sort of, like, coaxed into it at younger ages or, um, um, or, like, sort of their parents from older generations might have, like, noticed that their kid needed help and, like, uh, took them to therapy or, um, you know, also a lot of the older generations have really fucked up millennials and Gen Z, so we've ended up going to therapy on our own volition younger. Right. Um, and so, like, the whole stigma around it that, I mean, I would say, I mean, A, the most well-known medication, I would say, is probably something that's, like, an antidepressant yeah. or an anti-anxiety drug. And yeah, those are the most common because those are the, the, like, most common issues, too. Exactly. And so, therefore, the argument against those is almost inv- always invariably, um, oh, like, don't take that. That turns you into a zombie. Yeah. Which, like, generally, you would not go on those without first going to therapy and without your therapist's recommendation or psychiatrist's recommendation that you begin medication. They're not just trying to peddle you these drugs. Like, they realize that, like, they can have pretty, like, drastic effects on people. Right. And here's the thing. When it comes to any kind of medication, as I mentioned before, its purpose is to change you. Like, yeah. you're supposed to experience uh, a fluctuation, not exactly a fluctuation, but, like, a change in your mood if you're taking one of these kinds of drugs. Yeah. Um, I... The, the I, I took, like, a intro to psychology class um, this past month, and we... Uh, talked about like depression and anxiety and remedies for it Mm -hmm. and we specifically talked about like um this form of i think it's a form of antidepressant called ssris yes those are the most common yeah which i don't remember what the first s stands for Um, but the second one stands for serotonin yeah something inhibitor oh serotonin reduction inhibitor basically like its purpose is to um make it so that the serotonin that gets created in your body isn't, like, reabsorbed back into the place that it comes from, and it's, it's instead it kind of, like, chills where it's supposed to to make you feel less shitty all the time, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Um, so, like, I like I want to talk about... What it is? Not not exactly what it is. I was going to... My, my main thing what, that I think about when it comes to, like, turning people into zombies, quote-unquote... Is I think of like people who have like bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. specifically the one that comes with mania, yeah, or manic episodes. When you go on medication, yeah, it's gonna feel like you're turning into a zombie because you don't experience those highs anymore because the medication is preventing you from doing so. But I'm gonna let you take over. Yes, I do want to talk. You about know that. all about that. Okay, so we're right now we're just sort of specifically talking about bipolar disorder, which has to be treated differently than. Um, Depression or anxiety. Depression or anxiety because of the risk of mania. Right. Um, And this means that generally you can't take SSRIs because it'll make you manic. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason you don't want to be manic, at least as often, is because um, you tend to make a lot of rash decisions. It can really just, like, destroy your life and your bank account. Yeah, you can get into really, really bad issues, like, with the law. Yes. Um... And it can be a day, depending on, like, what, what your episode 
Yes. Like, how it takes place. It can be, like, physically dangerous to you and other people, so. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, I know as much as the next person that hypomanic episodes are awesome. They're fun. You feel great, like, hypo the whole time. Hypo hyper? Hypo. Okay. Um, so that means that it's, like, Slightly sub. less. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the mania is less intense. You're generally less angry um, and less destructive, but it also sort of depends on situational things. And Do you want to briefly describe what mania is? Yes. So mania is um, a heightened mood. Um, you tend to... I can really mostly describe it in the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, you tend to talk rapidly, excessively. Um, you become sort of um, more selfish just because you start making more and more rash decisions. Um, you tend to spend excessively. Mm-hmm. Um, illusions of grandeur. Illusions of grandeur. Um, a lot of, like, uh, what was it? Um, your libido is higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also because you're less concerned with risk, you might um, make decisions about, like, yourself sexually that you could regret later or that you would not have made were you not manic. Right. Um, which is how I tend to think of it because... Um, if a psychiatrist asks you if you regret something, that's more of, you can choose whether or not you want to regret something Mm -hmm. rather than, um, would you have done that? Were you not manic is a much better way to think of it, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that covers most of the symptoms. Um, and mania versus hypomania is a matter of degree, um, especially in terms of how aggressive your mania makes you. Right. Um, because hypomania tends to be far less aggressive and much more positive and elated. Right. Um, and, um, but both also have issues with depression. Um, so when you treat depression, you generally give someone an SSRI, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause to stop the depression, they need their serotonin to be working properly, right. going all the right places. Um, but you can't have that when you're like, liable to be manic because the high levels of serotonin or what might be normal levels of serotonin, um, can induce mania. Mm -hmm. So, um, certain types of medication and certain, um, yeah, certain types of medication are either used in conjunction or solely to treat bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, and these medications include lithium, um, lamictal, um, Wellbutrin, uh, and that's because Wellbutrin is, like, the only antidepressant that's not an SSRI, mm-hmm. um, and not all of these medications work the same for everyone, um, and, like, for me personally, I'm on a combination SSRI and anxiety med that, um, the anxiety med helps block, um, mania, mm-hmm. um, which is... Yeah, my medication, my anxiety med is not even supposed to be an anxiety med. It is, like, a, it's used for, like, neurological issues, Mm -hmm. which I'm surprised. Medication can do all kinds of weird and wonderful things. Mm -hmm. Um, And the point is, is just basically that, like, again, when, when people bring up this stigma against medication because, like, I think another common rebuttal to people wanting to take medication is, like, Oh, you know, you're choosing to be depressed. Like, just think happy you're thoughts. Not. It's just the, the people that are often spouting these things have either never been on medication, have briefly been on medication, and had, like, bad side effects, but 
as with any individual person, it takes time to find the right regimen yes. for whatever your illness is because mm-hmm. it affects everyone differently. Um, yeah. Or it's, like, just people who I think they try to mean well, but until you experience it yourself, you can't really accurately speak on what the benefits versus, like, the, I guess, downsides to yeah. our medic like, uh, like, if you're considering going on medication, like, you gotta talk to people who, like, enjoy being on medication. Mm-hmm. Like, before I found the right balance of medication, which, like, mind you, took me a long time. I was on Wilbutrin. I was then on Lamictal, which, like, this is super, super rare for the side effect to happen, but it felt like my brain was contracting um, and, like, it was sort of eating itself from the inside. Mm-hmm. And... You can have side effects like that and then continue to make the choice to try and find something to help you. Right. Because you can always come off of medication with the help of your doctor. Yes. Which is what... Consult the doctor. Which is what I've done for both psychiatric medications that I have gone off of because I don't want to have worse side effects. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend who was forced off of um, Lexapro because Mm. she was not able to get, um, a refilled or renewed prescription without an appointment. Um, and like her doctor lives far away from school Mm -hmm. and she had horrific withdrawal effects. She was constantly twitching, irritable, like sweaty, like uncomfortable, like really, really bad side effects. So in order to avoid having bad withdrawal effects, you need to get off of medication with the help of your doctor Mm -hmm. because they don't want you to have withdrawal effects. No. Yeah. But, um, with the current combination of medication that I'm on that works for me, I was on an anxiety med that had to be increased. Mm-hmm. So that took two months to get to the right dosage. And then I had to be on, um, an antidepressant that had to be increased over the span of four months. So that's six months total for me to be on the correct, like, um, levels that I needed to be at. So it takes patience, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to trust your doctor. Um, And also, like, most medications have side effects. Right. So, I mean, I can't think of what mine are, um, but I know that I had a few side effects when I first started taking it, but they all went away. Because that's also something that can happen with your medications, that the side effects go away. Um, But the whole point we were making about um, being bipolar and having your medication make you feel, quote-unquote, like a zombie... um, that's not always the case. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the time, that's actually not the case. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, before I was on medication, like, I was a zombie. Like, I was a slave to my disorder. Mm-hmm. And, like, I stayed in bed all the time. I didn't go to class. Like, I was really difficult to be around. And, like, making the decision to, like, go on medication has made my life better and happier. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when people tell you that, like, it'll definitely make you a zombie, like, that's... I'm going to say it, it's propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, fear-mongering that people are trying to use to manipulate other people to not potentially get better. Right. You know, because, like, I was in therapy for a long time, and, well, it wasn't that long. Other people have been in therapy longer. But, like, I knew that it wasn't enough, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, like, you have to figure out which works for you but you shouldn't be afraid of taking medication. Like, ugh. That's, yeah. We've reiterated this several times over the course of this podcast, but it's really 
so, so, so important that you understand that there's no shame in taking medication. Yeah. It's one of my favorite um, kind of counter arguments against the argument for shaming. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like, a counter argument against people who think that medication is bad or whatever is, you know, if, if someone... Uh, do you shun people who have diabetes for taking penicillin? Yeah. Do you shun cancer patients? They don't take penicillin. They take insulin. Insulin. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. Penicillin's, uh, like, the original antibiotic. Right. Um, do you shun a diabetic for taking... Insulin. Insulin. <laughs> uh, do you shun cancer patients for getting chemotherapy? Yeah. If, if you break your leg at school... Do not go to the doctor to get it set and put in the cast. Exactly. Like, we treat physical ailments so much differently than mm-hmm. we treat mental illnesses, which is just bananas. Because yeah. it's, all, it's your body. It's all your body. Your brain is still part of your body. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be, I mean, arguably it needs to be treated better yeah. than the rest of your body. Because it controls the rest of your body. And, I mean, if you're the kind of person that thinks medication is going to treat your brain badly, I mean, honestly, like, you, A, probably don't really have a mental illness that requires medication. Because, like, it's just, like, I mean, like Jesse said, like, mental illness can really be debilitating in every aspect of your life. And for some people, medication is the only thing that has ever really freed them from that. So mm-hmm. when you pile on this stigma against medication, you're creating a very dangerous situation for people who desperately need it in order to base like do basic functions. Yeah. And the whole reason I was giving so much circumstantial like personal evidence is because that's what you generally hear from the counter arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, you generally hear like one person had a bad experience or they knew someone who had a bad experience or they knew someone who knew someone who had a bad experience. Right. And like... God, just, like, trust the experts. Mm -hmm. Like, they went to school for so long to make sure that when they prescribe you medication, because it's not always, Mm -hmm. that they're doing it for the right reasons and that they think that it'll have the right effect, which is to, like, help you heal. Mm -hmm. So, but, I mean, I, I mean, where's, what is, do we have anything to say about millennials specifically? Just that, just that what I've seen, the it's like, like the argument about, oh, just think positive. Oh, just go outside. Like, you'll automatically feel better. That's true. Um, I've heard from a lot of um, people around our age, but mostly a little bit older, that, like, exercising helps so much. Like... And, like, here's the thing. It kind of does. Yeah. Because it gives you an immediate boost of serotonin and endorphins. Right. We're not, we're absolutely not disparaging anyone's coping methods when it comes to, especially, I think, of, like, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not disparaging anyone's... No, because it does help. Like, exercising helps. Um, personally, when I, uh, when I'm, like, PMSing, I know that my levels are going to be a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So I eat more chocolate than normal because that releases endorphins. Right. Um, but the thing is, is when you're telling depressed people who have zero energy to even get out of bed mm-hmm. that like oh their depression is only caused because they're laying in bed that's a huge issue because you're discrediting just how debilitating their disease is to them when they really can't physically get out of bed because they don't have the energy they have 
none whatsoever to actually get out of bed and leave the house or exercise or even take a shower. Um, And so, like, that argument is just the main one that I've seen from millennials. Like... Yeah, and it's, like, almost disregarding the fact that these are chronic conditions for the most part. Taking a 30-minute power walk isn't going to cure me of my depression, Karen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's just... it's, it's, It's so much more complex than that. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of millennials have this pressure to, like, maintain sort of their parents' view of mental illness, which is, like, that's for other people. Right, You can't right, have that. Right, So, like, a lot of millennials that I know that came from families like that, because um, generally their parents were either interventionists or they were that's not for us kind of people. Um, not, you know, splitting the world into two categories, but that is the overarching trends that I've noticed. Right. Um, those millennials who grew up with parents that said that that's not for us ended up having really horrific breakdowns right. that forced them to go to therapy and or get on medication. Mm-hmm. And, like, God, like, why let it get to that point? Like, that makes it so much more difficult to deal with and more traumatizing. Right. Um, and the issue also is that it's a cycle. I mean, millennials yeah. are at the age where they're having kids, mm-hmm. I think. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about kids. kids. <laughs> um, but, like, they're at that age, and so when you have a, a parent that is very anti-medication, uh, that's going to be transferred down to their children because those are the first people that they learn anything from, and then those children are going to grow up and think that medication's not cool unless they have some kind of experience with it that, like, positively reaffirms its Or, like, even if, even if it's, like, not with mental illness and, like, they suddenly develop some sort of, like, sickness that, like, they have to take medication, they're quote-unquote forced into it. Right. Then they might, you know, somewhat open up more. Mm Mm-hmm to other forms of medication, but, like... It's still a cycle. It's still a cycle, and, like, God, medication was invented for a reason. Yeah. Just like vaccinations. Invented for a reason. Yep. Trying to help make people's lives better. Like, if you really think that your doctor is trying to push medications down your throat, like, go to another doctor. Yeah. You can get a second opinion, which is what you are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't always trust your one doctor. And, like, my biggest advice for this is, like, to go to a practice with multiple doctors Mm -hmm. because then you don't have to, you know, go through the whole work of finding another doctor that covers your insurance. Right. But if you really, really are having issues with one of your doctors, like, you can just go to another one, Mm -hmm. which is what I've done with my dermatologist several times. Like... You know, just because you start going to one doctor doesn't mean you have to continue going to them. Like, they're supposed to be helping you. And if you, you know, don't don't think that they are, like, don't go to them. Yeah, there's... And I think that's something that younger millennials don't necessarily know because, like, I mean, I'm thinking about the people that I know personally. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not, you know, a broad generalization, but of the people that I know personally, like... They had the same doctors for most of their lives. These are all people that grew up in, like, sad Pennsylvania. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Like, they grew up with the same doctors their whole lives, and, like, now they're getting doctors for themselves on their own as adults. Like, 
it's it's a different situation. Like, they don't know that they can shop around for doctors, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did, did you have stuff that you wanted to say? I feel like I've just been repeating the same nonsense. No, I think I think you covered a lot of it. I mean, this is kind of your area of expertise, per se. That's true. Um, like, personal experience. Yeah. I don't... I've never been on any kind of medication, really, unless it was, like, a physical ailment. Um, so yeah. I don't have experience with uh, any kind of psychiatric thing. But, like, I'm self-aware enough to know that it drastically benefits people who yeah. desperately need it and and if, honestly it doesn't have to be desperate for you to make that decision to take yeah, medication yeah absolutely yeah if you have like generalized anxiety and it is kind of inhibiting your daily life but not in like a seriously impactful way you can absolutely look into medication just to kind of ease the way mm-hmm. and um the good thing about anxiety meds which is the the big reason that I went on it, other than, you know, debilitating panic attacks... Right. Um, was that med anxiety medication is either going to pretty much immediately work for you or not work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to a lot of other forms of psychiatric medication, you have to titrate up. Right. Which is where you increase the dosage over time mm-hmm. um, so that your body can acclimate to it and that it can start having the desired effect. Um, anxiety medication pretty much will work or won't work after, like, the first weaker or less of taking it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you, if it isn't working, you will know early on and you can just stop taking it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the big advice is like anxiety medication is like, it's not that bad to take. It's really a good thing. Yeah. The big name medications like Prozac and Xanax have like bad connotations, Mm -hmm. especially because like people pop them as, like, party drugs. Mm. Like, someone that we know. Um, and then also, like, Kanye West talks about it in a song sometimes. And, like, um, and, like, Prozac is, like, the big name one that everyone's, like, oh, Prozac makes you a zombie. Or, like, there is, um, a movie, it was a documentary called Prozac Nation, Mm -hmm. trying to be, like, oh, everyone's on medication. Like, everyone is just being chilled out by their doctors. my god. Like, I'm sorry, you're, like, not all issues can be solved with kombucha. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, medication is different than, like, eating leafy greens and drinking kombucha and exercising. Like, those are all things you should kind of do anyway. Yeah. Like, it's not gonna cure any diseases that you have. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, I think we've covered it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish that, like, I had more to say than just, like, these are the trends we've noticed among millennials is that they don't like meds mm-hmm. until they absolutely have to be on them. Um, but, like, look, fam, it's not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what we're trying to say is, like, don't be afraid of medication. Like, your doctor's not one of those, like, creepy cartoons that they used to say being, like, mm, you want any weed? <laughs> you know? Like, your doctor believes it's the best thing for you. Right. You know? And, like, also, educate yourself. Like, arm yourself with education. Like, I've frequently had to go to my doctors and been, like, I have done my own personal research and based off of what I know about my conditions um, and similar medications that other people who have my conditions 
have, this has worked for them, I would like to try this. Right. Um, you know, so you have to be proactive in your health and, like, don't let stigma get to you. Like, mm-hmm. these things exist for good reasons. Yes. Like I've said a million times. Yes. So. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. This is, this, I mean, I'm, I've been Nicole Otto. I've been Jesse Alperin. This has been... Uh, please avoc- email us yeah. about um, donations if you're interested, and we can do um, an episode based off of your topic. Yeah. This has been Avocado Toast. What the fuck? <laughs> Grandma wants it. Oh. Grandma wants it, colon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> How did you... Al dente is the only funny part! <laughs> We're keeping all of that in. The viewership, the listenership needs to know. Grandma wants it al dente, colon. Grandma needs it al dente. Trap music.